Hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. We spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn more about how to turn your content into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, today we're going to chat with one of the brightest minds in the direct response marketing world. I'm so excited. Right oh now. my gosh, before we get started, guys, please go ahead and subscribe to the Contents Profit Podcast. Hit smash that subscribe button and make sure to follow us on social media at Rose. Go on Facebook and Instagram. We're always happy to connect and happy to have those content conversations. That's right, guys. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am 100% sure that you will, don't forget to share it with others and leave a five-star review. Now, guys, I have a question for you. Have you ever been bored on Instagram swiping your life away? Of course you have. Don't lie to me. Thank you, dopamine. Now, today's guest I discovered through one of those swiping sessions. His content wasn't only extremely educational, it was unique. The voice inside my mind said, could this be real? Is he one of the legendary marketers that the direct response marketing prophecy talks about? (laughs) After doing some digging... After be watching all of his content, reading his book, and after being retargeted like crazy, we knew today's case was someone that we could learn from for the rest of our lives. His superpower to engineer home run customer acquisition campaigns. And his biggest achievement, one that makes him extremely proud, is the volume of entrepreneurs he has been able to help go from struggling to successful. Remarkable indeed. That's right, guys. Please put your hands together and welcome... Direct response marketing legend, the expert of experts, and best beard in the marketing world, Mr. Todd Brown. Welcome, Todd. Welcome to the show. (laughs) What's up, guys? I was wondering with that kind of build up and description, I was wondering if there was another guest on the show besides me. I was excited to interact with this legend and my gosh, you built me up to be um, well more than what I really am. And your people are going to discover that very quickly. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's fine. We'll take him on this roller coaster. I think you're being way too nice right now. (laughs) You have been an incredible source of inspiration honestly on everything that, w- that we've done so it's, it's an honor to have you here well it's an honor to be here and i i so appreciate you guys sharing that and so thank you awesome all right well let's yeah. get this show on the road so talk tell us a little bit you know maybe some of our audiences know so familiar you know with what you do right so we we've been like discovering this journey we're bridging the gap between people that are starting with entrepreneurship starting with content has a ton of questions right about how to get this thing started and how to turn it into actual profit for their business right so maybe just a little bit of backstory you know where you come from how this everything started you know with you and direct response yeah so Uh, I've been in the direct response marketing world for almost two decades, so almost 20 years. Uh, I was born and raised in New Jersey uh, after I went to college for, believe it or not, for clinical nutrition. I ended up going to work for a company that owned uh, some beautiful health clubs in New Jersey. And while I was there working for this health club company, I got a, a direct mail piece. Uh, in the mail 
that was offering a, a marketing program, a marketing training for fitness professionals. Uh, it was a long form uh, marketing piece, yeah. which I had never seen before. I knew nothing at the time about direct response. I thought, you know, marketing was advertising, advertising was marketing, all the same thing. Uh, I ended up buying this, this kit, uh, used what it is that I learned in this kit to grow my department at that health mm. club company to, yeah. uh, to a couple million dollars a year. And, uh, and the rest is history. And then I went on and started sharing, uh, what it is that I had learned and done with massage therapists and then chiropractors. <clears throat> and then of course, more mainstream coaches, consultants, authors, experts, that sort of thing. Uh, and it's been a crazy ride and, uh, and a lot of fun and transformational, man. That, that is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. I gotta say, you know, like I had no idea that your background was that one. Honestly, <laughs> I, I thought you were born oh, a marketer. <laughs> born a marketer, yeah. No, I am so not. I think, look, man, you know, and that's why, you know, I've got this heart for uh, really teaching and sharing what is effective marketing because I knew nothing about marketing. I'm not, I don't like sales. So I'm not a salesperson. I don't like selling. Uh, I'm not good at it. Uh, I was never. Uh, really uh, excited by advertising, but yeah. when I learned, you know, marketing and and how you can you you can educate your prospects in a way that leads them to want your product or service that much more, value it that much more. I fell in love with it, and uh, and so yeah, man. No, my background is not <laughs> at all like I learned it. Just like and it, that's the beauty, right? That yeah. this is a learned skill. Anybody can learn and develop this skill. It is a learned skill. It's not a talent. Absolutely. And you know, we, we come from the brick and mortar background. You know, we, we worked in the fitness industry for quite a while, not as long as you you did, obviously. But you know, the same thing. Like we, we talk with these old business owners and uh, some are willing to go out and learn these new things, right? Or what's happening and test things out. Others are not so willing, you know, they ask for help and they're like, okay, that's it. You know, that's not what I want to hear, you know, uh, next, right? And it's like, and, and we've seen that gap, you know, here and there. So it's beautiful that you went out and uh, and applied immediately what you were learning and got all these results. And now that passion got developed to help other people to the point that you have now students in 55 countries, you know, thousands yeah. even, and you have amazing programs that help people get to the next level. Yeah, you know, I see that I think even more than a marketer, you're an educator, mm. right? I think you yeah. love to share your passion with others, just like you said, and see, like, see them suc succeed, and that's what an educator is, right? And you mentioned effective marketing, and I love this because Actually, one of the first pieces of content that I saw from you that like blew my mind because I had never seen anything like that was you compared like you were talking about these really all direct response marketing campaigns um, that I don't know <laughs> where you got them from. And you were explaining, you know, like why they were being so efficient in my mind. I was like, wow, again, like the intro said, this is so unique. Right. And I know I, I, I make specific um I make sure I'm saying that we're unique because you mentioned it in your book a lot and we're probably going to get into that. Um, but I was like, that is so interesting. Mm -hmm. The way you're portraying this, the way you are teaching me about all this stuff. I thought I learned so much from that. So, you know, how, how someone develops that skill of being unique through, you know, 20 years, almost 20 years in the direct response marketing world. 
I mean, look, you know, I think a couple things. Number one, uh, I was never afraid to take action. Like, I was never afraid of failing. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I recognize that, look, man, you know, you can learn, you can study, you can read, you can watch, but the real growth occurs from the doing when you implement and execute. Yeah. And so I was never afraid of, like, executing and having it not work, I knew that I would learn from it and I would figure it out. And if other people were able to do it before me, then it was only a matter of time for me uh, to figure out how to do the same thing. And so number one, I was an action taker. I, you know, and to this very day, when I learn something or when I hear something that I believe can be effective, my aim is to implement it as quickly as possible, not to wait until I've mastered it, not to wait until I, I have all the answers, not to wait until um, I've got this perfect picture, but to implement it as quickly as I can, because I know that the growth occurs from the, the yeah. implementation, the tweaking and, and, and so on. The other thing is that, like, look, you know, the, the second thing that I would say is, is this, you do have to be a student of, of people. You have to be a student of marketing. You have to pay attention to what moves people to take action, what moves people to buy. Uh, you have to ask yourself questions. Why do, why do some products resonate and other products don't? What is it about what they're saying, communicating, you know, so you have to be a student of the, um, of the game. And the third thing that I would say is you really have to recognize that one of the keys with marketing, a huge key, um, is that people want to know what's different. They yeah. want to know what's different about your approach, about your product, about your service, right? They they want to know what is different. What's different about how your product or service works? Today, more so than ever before, because there is so much information yeah. slammed at people, they want to know what makes this different. And, th and that's one of the very first things that you have to learn how to communicate. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, you mentioned there, I think on the second point, you, you were very specific saying what are they thinking you know what do they think what they i'm assuming as a customer right the, the people that are learning from you or buying from you and i think a big block that we even had that at the very beginning is like people tend to create these whole beautiful things in their own eyes right and then they, they put it out there and sometimes they might not grab any any traction whatsoever right so yeah what could you say to somebody that ha thinks they have a very successful thing right and then they put it out there they put some money behind and then they discover it flops right yeah what would you say to yeah, that num number one yeah number one you're not alone that happens <laughs> all the time it's one of the most common problems or issues in uh in the entrepreneurial world mm -hmm. and that's because people make the mistake of starting with what they care about, what they like, what intrigues them, what mm. interests them. And then, and they automatically figure that, well, if it interests me, if it's intriguing to me, then there's going to be a whole bunch of other people out there that feel the same way. And that's not always the case. In fact, more often than not, that's, that's not the case. Everything, when it comes to business, when it comes to marketing, everything begins with the audience. It begins with, right? It's, it's why I'm, I'm a big believer in being a student of marketing it's much more than a student of products right because the the everything should begin with 
the audience, with the, the tribe, with prospects. What do they care about? What do what, what are they fascinated with? What do they want? What don't they want? What are they afraid of? What do they love? What do they dislike, yeah. right? What, what, what don't they want? Everything stems from them. You design all of your products, all of your services, all of your offers based on what the market that you are serving is or going to serve is interested in, totally aside from what you like, what you care about, or what you want. What you what you think about means nothing, nothing. Oh, I, I love a, that. I, I, I really hope people yeah. that are watching this or listening to this right now, you guys are taking note because mm -hmm. this is absolutely amazing. There's so many points you mentioned there. I'm like, I want to touch all these points, but I think I have to pick my questions, right? <laughs> And first, that, that's like Ryan Holiday, right? Ego is the enemy. Mm -hmm. you, I, that's what I keep listening when you're saying this, right? Like, stop thinking about what you, you, you like. Because at yeah. the end of the day, you got to be a student of the market, right? And I think that is a fantastic uh, topic to cover. But I want to discuss the different. What you were talking about, you got to ask yourself, what? how can I be different? What mm. makes me different? Because I think like a lot of people get caught up on the better, right? Like, how can I be better? What? Why is it important to be different instead of better? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Number one, uh, better doesn't always get attention. Different does, right? Mm -hmm. So m mo your people won't know that you are better until they're a buyer, until they're a customer, a client, right? Like until they're actually using your thing and they're comparing it to somebody else's thing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, better is also subjective, right? So like better, you know, better based on what? Better based on whose opinion because yeah. you might think one thing is better somebody else might think something else is is um is better the other thing is that um the market prospects today they expect you to say that you're better right you're you're a marketer you're a salesperson you're you're an entrepreneur you got a product that in their eyes you're peddling you're trying to convince them to buy and so of course you're going to say that yours is the best of course you're going to say it is it is better The reality is that today, what your prospects, what your market wants to know is they want to know what makes your product or service different. And most specifically, and this is important, and so I want you guys to, to listen to me. I want your audience to listen to me here. We're here. We that are there here. Was a, there, yeah, I know you guys are. I love it. I love it. There was a time and a place years ago where differentiation, differentiating uh, yourself, your company, your business was mm -hmm. all about what makes you different. It was maybe what's your educational background? How long have you been in business? How many customers or clients have you served? Uh, right. That was critical. Today, that's far less important to the audience. Those, those aspects of differentiation are far less important because today we've got a global economy thanks to the internet. Mm -hmm. And so now I can access tons and tons of different people, right? What they do want to know today from a differentiation standpoint um, is they want to know how does your product or service give me the result, give me the outcome, give me the transformation differently yeah. from everything else being offered? In other words, how does your pro how is your product or service different in the way that it works 
to produce the result you're promising me I'm going to experience when I pay you for your product or service. And that's another point, just as a side note, that yeah. is critical for everybody to grasp. The only reason why people want your product or service is because of the result, the change, the outcome, the transformation that it's going to give them. Nobody buys a product or service because they want a product or service. They want the result of that product or service. They want the mm. benefit of that product or service. They want what they think that product or service is going to give them and what they want to know, which will make them pay attention is, okay, so you're promising me it's going to do X, Y, Z. Well, how does your product or service work different from every other product or service that's also promising me X, Y, Z? Yeah. Make sense? Uh, that, yeah, that no, totally. Total sense. I'm like right here because <laughs> just listening to that, that is a $100,000 piece of advice in, in, in this thing because yeah. it's a massive shortcut, right? Because if we don't if we don't implement that way of thinking, all you're going to do is you're going to try to and, and, and fail. Try and fail, which is okay at some point. But please, if you're listening, take advantage of this piece of advice because it's so important. It's going to position not just yourself or your business, but your mind to be in a place where you can implement very effectively towards your marketing. Yeah, um, I'm mind blown at this point already, you know, pretty <laughs> early in the conversation. Uh, but I have a question for you, you know, like I get, so for these people that mm. are asking themselves now, okay, but like, how can I be different, right? And I remember seeing a very specific piece of content where you were talking about, you know, these three ways that people can find uh, to be different themselves. So would you mind, I don't know if there's any more, would you mind explaining some of those ways or like how people can find their different? Yeah, so we, look, the, the our go-to strategy, the strategy that, that you guys are familiar with that we teach our, uh, our students is what we call the unique mechanism. And every, let me take a step back. Every product and service has what's called a mechanism. The mechanism is how the product or service works to deliver the result, right? Uh, the only products that I guess you could say don't have a mechanism are ones that don't produce a result that are just <laughs> yeah. crap, really. Yeah. Uh, But every other product or service that delivers a result has some sort of mechanism, whether yeah. it's a piece of software and, and what, what produces the result of that software is an algorithm, you know, a formula, whether yeah. it's a vitamin supplement and the combination of nutrients are the mechanism. That's what lowers the cholesterol or whatever. There's a mechanism behind every product, right? That mechanism is how does that product or service work to deliver the result, to deliver the benefit. So what we look for is what's called a unique mechanism, right? How does your product or service uniquely work to deliver the, the result? And there are three different types of unique mechanisms that any product or service can have. Number one is if your product or service is truly built on a, a, a foundational unique mechanism, meaning there is a unique algorithm behind your software. Yeah. There is a unique recipe behind your, your, your pasta sauce. There is a unique bodywork method behind your massage mm -hmm. therapy. There is a unique formulation behind your supplement, et cetera, right? That's, yeah. a, that's what we call a real mechanism. Uh, then we've got what's called an unspoken mechanism. And an unspoken mechanism is when there is a part or, or, or aspect of your product or service that is responsible for why it works um, and your competitors, one or more competitors, also have that same aspect or part in their product or service, but they're not talking about it. They never yeah. talk about it to the public. And so that can become what we call an unspoken mechanism. It only has to be unique 
to the market, to the audience. It doesn't necessarily have to be unique amongst competitors. It just has to be unique in the eyes of the market. And so if you're the only one that's talking about it and, and your competitors also have it in their product or service, but they're not talking about it, that's what we call an unspoken mechanism. Mm. And then we've got the third type, which is really it's, it is a, a, a transubstantial Substantiated mechanism. That's a term taken from Roman Catholicism, uh, and it's this idea of turning the ordinary into the extraordinary. So it's it's taking your the, the the process that you teach people, let's say for example, for turning their content into profit, and it's looking at that system, that that process, that the, the, those series of steps. And it's, it's looking at it and it's naming it and it's giving your process, your system, your framework, a name. And then that name, that process, that system, that framework becomes your unique mechanism. It becomes the reason why your, your methodology produces the result that it does. Yeah. And so it's simply a matter of taking the time to look at your product or service and to ask yourself questions about how does it work? Why does it work? Why don't like, if you, if you're in the coaching, consulting expert business, why do we teach this first, this second, this third? Why do we have our people do this, 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 then this, and not in a different order. Yeah. And then it's, it's taking that and it's giving it a unique name. Oh, yeah. I think we, uh, yeah, we, we lost your feed here. Your the camera. I don't know why the screen went black, but that was amazing. I, I love obviously all three of those. Again, we we saw them here in the book. Uh, guys, please go check out the book. You must. It's amazing. But I love specifically two things that you said. The unique in the eyes of the audience. I think that is a term that people like. Again, it, it's kind of like what we were talking before, right? People focus on what they like. Oh, if I like this pro this product. I'm gonna keep it, I'm just gonna use this, right? Like other people might use it as well. But when you think about your audience, being a student of the market, right? That you were talking about, I think that is absolutely fantastic. And then the other one, I don't think I can, I can quite pronounce it, uh, the third type of unique mechanism. But if I'm being honest, a lot of our business is based on that unique mechanism right there. And I remember when I, when I read your book, I sat there and I was like, how like how can I make content a unique mechanism, right? Because so many people, of course, like they work with content. And I was like, well, if you look at it, the unique mechanism is that the content can be turned into a digital currency. Yes. Like people are using content literally, you know, kind of like I'm exchanging this value for eventually your business. And when I realized that because of the pretty much because of this concept that you taught in the book, I was like, wow, my mind was blown. And immediately I started talking to people when I was talking about content and about delivering their assets. I was like, we come up with uh, digital currency from your podcast. And immediately their mind was like, wow, like digital currency, like what is that? And it was a yeah. whole new level of conversation because now they were they were curious, right? I think that unique mechanism helps spark curiosity on yeah, people. Yeah, I, I think that was yeah. A you gotta let me let me say this. Yeah, right? go ahead. You gotta Sarah. recognize this, right? Everybody, right? You've gotta recognize this that you know that everybody that's selling marketing, selling advertising is making presenting to the market promises, promises of what it is that they can do, right? They're claiming that their product will do this, will do this, will do this, will do this. 
And so the reality is that if you come along and you say, I, I, I can also give you top Google rankings or I can also help you do X, Y, Z. I can help you lose weight. I can help you have a, a, a great retirement. I, right? All these things that other people are promising, what they want to know is, all right, I've heard that before. Right. I've heard that. I've been slammed with all yeah. these promises. Tell me why you why yours. Give me it. Right. And if you if you end up like, look, if you end up saying like, I'm going to teach you how to do search engine optimization. Well, I could learn search engine optimization all over the place. There are blog posts. There are videos. There yeah. are books. I could go anywhere. So why should I listen to you? Why you? And what they're really asking, what they really want to know is, what is tell me what makes your method different? Because what I want to know is why should I be excited about your method? Right. So yeah. if you said, right, I, I'm going to show you how to get top Google rankings because our method does X, Y, Z for you and no other method does that. And that is more critical today than ever before. Now you've given your prospect hope. Hope that maybe mm. this time, right, they will have the results. But what a lot of entrepreneurs and marketers try to do, what they try to do is they end up, they, they have a product, they have a service, and their advertising, their their marketing is just screaming loud promises. Yeah. They're using hypier language, they're using <laughs> hype and hyperbole, and they're writing, they're writing copy, and they're just trying to scream a louder promise. And today's prospect, they've heard it. They've seen it. They don't, they, they've heard it. You know what they say? Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, sure. I believe you. <laughs> right. And, and the, and marketers and entrepreneurs, they've got this weird, it's weird, especially new, new entrepreneurs, new marketers, people yeah. that don't understand what it really takes to move somebody to whip out their wallet and, and pay you over the internet. They think that just because they say it on their website, just because they they said this product is great that people are like, ah, must be great. He said it was great, so I guess it's great. No, yeah. man, no. Most people are like, yeah, sure, right? I've heard it, I've seen it. So they're, what they're saying to you is prove to me, show me why this is different and prove it to me. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then all you're doing is just screaming louder promises or loud promises and hoping that they work. Yeah, I, I, I love it and I, and I first, let me, say this i love your energy when yeah, it comes to talk like, about this yeah you're so pumped up and you know for those listening please go watch the video yep. you know because it's amazing to see like just the passion comes out like out of the screen but <laughs> and, and you know I, you mentioned a couple of things here right uh people like tend to focus on the copy the little elements like should we make this long short whatever like what are we saying right and and you talk about in your book about simplicity, you know, the importance of, of, of simplicity. Can you, can you dive in a little bit in here and how, yeah. how you can mix that big marketing idea with, you know, the, the results, your unique mechanism and simplicity. Yeah, man. So I love the fact that you, you know, I love the fact that you enjoyed the book. Thank you so much for, <laughs> you know, I love it, right? Because it's near and dear to my heart because the, the story that I tell in the beginning of the book went down exactly like I told it in that, in the book. <laughs> And this is worth sharing with everybody that, you know, like, so, you know, this guy, Mark Ford, who's one of the greatest direct response marketers, you want to talk about a legit legend, forget that guy is a legit <laughs> legend in the world of, of direct response. And 
He is the guy, he's the mastermind behind, you know, a $1.5 billion direct response driven company, Agora. And I asked him one day, I said to him, I said, Mark, how have you been able to help this company grow from, you know, 10 million to 1.5 billion, you know, or at, okay. at the time it wasn't 1.5 billion yet, it is um, today. And I thought he was going to tell me, you know, great copy or the size of our budget or the size of our email list or, or something like that. But that is not at all what he said. What he said, he looked at me and he said something that forever changed my course as an entrepreneur, as a marketer. He looked at me and he said, he said, Todd, he said, the, the, the thing that changed everything for us was very early on, we realized that we are in the idea business. We are in the business of generating and developing and disseminating interesting, unique, compelling ideas, ideas that cut through the noise, ideas that are different, ideas that resonate deeply with people on an emotional and an intellectual level, ideas that captivate attention. And so that is, you know, that is, you know, part of a big part of obviously uh, the book that you read um, and the thing to recognize is that behind every marketing campaign, behind every marketing message, behind every advertisement, behind every email, behind every blog post, behind every video sales letter is an idea. That idea could be run of the mill, plain vanilla, right? Like how to how to grow big tomatoes, ah, ordinary <laughs> idea, heard it before, seen it before, blog posts about it, videos about it, books about it, pamphlets about it, you name it, right? Nothing new, or it could be a big marketing idea. It could be new, unique, different, fresh, timely. It can be something that makes somebody say, whoa, this feels like news. Like it, it can be an idea that makes them say, why I haven't, why haven't I heard this before? And, and right. And there's, you know, obviously a lot to yeah. it. it. It's in that book. But one of the things that makes up a, a big, a big idea, a big marketing idea. And we're not talking about a big idea like a product. We're not talking about you inventing the next iPhone or, or you know, or sending a, a rocket to space or we're talking about the idea behind your marketing campaign that part of being a big marketing idea is that it's simple. It's immediately understandable. It is, it's an idea that your prospects can immediately grasp. They don't have to read on to find out what you're talking about or watch the rest of your video or listen to the rest. They get it right away. It hits them right away. It's instantly accessible. And that part of that is that it is a simple idea. It's not complex. It's not composed of many ideas. It is just a simple idea, simple where you get it right when you hear it. Yeah, I think that the example that you give in the book is that you compared a couple of them and then it's a four hour work week, but yeah. you know, so it's that, that incredible, like that just puts a picture in your head, right? It's like, oh man, if I'm that ideal audience, if I'm looking for that problem, you know, it just puts that picture in there and I'm, I'm gonna consume either that content, that book, you know, buy the product and, and find out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you can even tell that that book is probably one of the most famous books for entrepreneurs that are starting, right? Because usually mm -hmm. people that are coming into entrepreneurship, they're like, I don't want to work my nine to five. They <laughs> see a exactly book called the four hour work week. Let's go get it right. Um, well, also, you know what, for what it's worth, you know, and you learn this in the book, you know, big marketing ideas 
have that they exist within a time and space, right? A big yeah. marketing idea a year ago isn't necessarily a big marketing idea today. Why? Because again, big marketing ideas are new, unique, different, fresh, yeah. timely. And so something that was new, unique, different, fresh, timely a year ago might not be new, unique, different, fresh, timely today. Yeah. The idea of the four hour work week or work, you know, part time, whatever, that's nothing. Now it's in, it's a fairly ordinary run of the mill idea. Back mm. then yeah. when Tim Ferriss launched that book it was new unique different fresh timely yeah. and as i explain in the you know in the in the book you know that the 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 at the core of that book is the idea of outsourcing right but he didn't say how to outsource your business because <laughs> yeah. that was yeah. already being said right that was ordinary back yeah. then yeah and so he came up with, well, what's a different way? What's a different, unique perspective? What's a different, unique way to talk about getting freed from your business through saying, well, let's call it the four hour work week. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Explosion. Wow. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I love that, especially the the power of simple that you were talking about right now. Because honestly, I think that's a concept that we were introduced not too long ago in our business. Hey, we... we we struggled for a while, for like three, four years, like almost four years, almost you know, years, yeah. trying to find our own big idea, right? Yeah. And we just, we were just jumping from one thing to the other. That's shiny object syndrome that a lot of people have. We were hooked on that instant gratification. What is the thing that is going to give us the best result in the shortest amount of time? We didn't have, I don't think we had that concept of consistency. Let's work hard for it, right? So yeah. when you find this this big idea, right? Like, I, I want to people that are, that are watching and listening, how consistent you need to be with this big marketing idea for it to work, right? Yeah, well, I mean, look, you build your entire... You build your entire campaign, an entire campaign around the idea. The way to think about it is, right, is you've developed an idea that the market is going to look at as new, unique, different, fresh, exciting, compelling, intellectually interesting, and and, and emotionally compelling. And now you're bringing that idea to the market. And through that idea, you're presenting your marketing marketing message, yeah. right? And so it becomes the foundation of your of your campaign. It's not like just some idea that we're going to run in an ad and then we bring them over to a web page and there's no congruence between the ad and the and the <laughs> campaign. People are going to bounce yeah. the moment yeah. that that happens. I see that all the time from uh, from new students who come in. And so you've got to recognize what, you know, the way to think about this is like this. Number one, one of the best things that you can do for yourself is put time on your calendar at least once a week, if not a couple times a week, for about um, a half hour. Sit down with nothing more than a yellow legal pad and a pen and ask yourself, sit there and, and just ask yourself, what ideas, what topics that uh, 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 could I present to the marketplace that would drive them wild? That would make them like that would grab their attention and make them immediately stand up and say like, whoa, what is this? Right. And and it's going to take a lot of brainstorming, a lot of ideas to find the seed of of a uh, of a big idea. What you're looking for is you're looking for an idea that you can then build a marketing campaign around that um, that will grab the market's attention. 
And it begins with a great idea. It doesn't begin with sitting down and writing copy or writing a headline or it begins with the idea because if you don't have a good idea, you're going to struggle to write copy because you're going to try to – it's like if you have an ordinary plain vanilla idea, the only way that you can make it sound exciting is if you use all kind of puffery and, and, and flowery <laughs> language and you use exaggeration, right? Because why? Because you're talking yeah. about an ordinary idea. Yeah. So how do you make it sound great? You use great language. But when you've got a great idea, your job is easy because you don't have to puff it up. You just present a great idea. You just say, like, look, here's the, the great idea. Like, here yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, and really, it, it, it changes the game because it makes everything else so much easier from a marketing perspective. Yeah. I, so, so I have a, a question here, right? Because before we were talking about, again, People saying, yeah, my product, my thing, and then they put it out there and it fails and they're like, oh no, and they get all sad, right? And now we're talking about spending at least one hour a week sitting down and say and coming coming up with ideas that I can present to the marketplace so they can go wild, right? Yeah. So someone might be saying right now, okay, but like, isn't that if I'm sitting down, am I just talking to myself? Like, what do I like? What what does how yeah. how do they test that? How do they know when they find that big idea yeah that's a great question so let's set the stage set the context a little bit and recognize that you can only sit down and start to think about what would drive the market wild if you are being a student of the market mm -hmm. right so in other words if you're paying attention to what are people talking about what are the topics that are trending up in popularity which ones are trending down what are people commenting on what are the posts that people are really uh getting uh, enamored with that they're 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 talking about what are the things that the market is now considered considers old what's the products out there in the marketplace that people are buying what are the products that people are no longer buying What is the market saying as they're talking? Uh, uh, what do they think is, is kind of new hat? What do they think is old hat, right? So I'm a student of the market. And so I'm constantly looking at, at those kind of things. And then I'm taking those kind of things and I'm bringing them with me yeah. into my thinking time. And based on what it is that I've seen and studied and, and, and I'm aware of, and that's ongoing, right? What do I think the market would respond to based yeah. on that? Not based on me. Not based. Yeah. There's a lot of things I'd love to talk about. There's a lot of things <laughs> I'd love to write that I, 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 I'm, I'm smart enough to know that very few people care about the things <laughs> that, you know, that I care about. Um, and so you have to have to have to keep your finger on the pulse of um, of the market by being a student of the market, a student of the people, a student of your audience. And then you use that and you uh, uh, and now you're you are kind of. You're making some. You're making educated decisions yeah. about the ideas that you believe. Now, look. Here's the reality. The reality is this: that uh, the best marketers in the world, some of the best marketers in the world, the majority of their ideas that they think are good don't turn out to be home runs. That's the nature of the beast. The beauty in this world, right? As crazy as it sounds, is you know the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle, yep, yep. right? Which said, right? Well, in this world, all if you have Uh, if you have, uh, you know, if you bomb six, seven out of 10 times, but you hit, uh, you do really well, three, four out of every 10 times, you will be extraordinarily wealthy. 
in this business, right? With a th- with a three, just like in baseball, how like a, a, a you know three hundred batting average, a three fifty batting average, you can get you're getting into the Hall of Fame. And same thing in direct response. So you could bomb six out of ten times, but if you you do well with four mm-hmm. out of ten ideas, you'll be you'll be insanely wealthy. Yeah, I love it. I want to like bring this like to the to the listeners as far as like the big idea on how to test it. I think content has been that vehicle for us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, taught, like 60 days ago, we had no podcast. Like we had no, like no platform, right? And it's like, we, we follow Russell and I know that you guys are, are really good friends and we're like, okay, do what Russell yeah. says, right? And Steve Larson, all these people, right? <laughs> we're like, okay, this is the time in coronavirus to transition into publishing. And, you know, we started doing it very often. We do three shows a week live for a reason. We got to want to get it out there, right? And, and through this process, we've discovered what you just said, like, hey, you're going to sit down and do it right so you know we we took it where we sit down we write these ideas we test them out and then we we see the audience feedback and then we come back and we implement right and it, and it's just a constant thing and i think we found on on this show on this platform a really fun way to do it right but to the core is exactly what you were saying that like you gotta sit down and put in the work yeah, to make action. sure to take action and see what are those ideas or those headlines and prince ea was actually talking about this on funnel hacking live where he starts all his videos with the title Right, and it's kind of like each of these titles he treats him as a big idea, and he attributes a lot of the success of like his millions of views to yeah. that one title, just like you say with the big idea. So, yeah, I want to compliment what you said here a little bit with people, you know, because they might be thinking, oh, so I have to change my product a lot of times, right? Like when I go back to the paper, mm. and this is my perspective i don't like is no right like that's what you get the unique mechanisms right you have your one product but there's so like there are unique ways that you can present it right again we've been dealing with this content for a while now and we couldn't make it work and we finally develop our own process right the macro to micro the m to m we call it that when we present it to people now they're like wow what is that like is that curiosity and it came because trial and error, trial and error. And like you were saying, we were listening to what people wanted. We were opening up. We left our ego way far back <laughs> and we took feedback, you know, and some of those hurt, but at the same it, time, it they, they help. Yeah. Like you said, being a student of the market, I, I love that term, yeah. student of the market. I think you look, I think you guys are spot on. What you both said is is absolutely spot on. Number one, I think that you guys have a, you know, you, you guys will continue to grow your platform and that platform is an amazing opportunity for you to put ideas out there and see which ones resonate most, right? Like, and so whether it is your titles and you're seeing how many downloads you're getting from di- for, for different titles, whether it is when you're you know Facebook Live and you're taking comments and you're seeing which ideas resonate. And you know, like, look, you, you the beauty is with a show like this, you get to have a conversation with the market. And so through that conversation, you get to, to learn. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And so certainly, you know, recognize the, the opportunity that you guys have to learn more about the people that you are, are serving. The other thing is, um, is that the beauty is with, with something like the big idea is that it gives you a way to market the same product long term without being repetitious because you mm-hmm. can develop a new big idea for the same exact product. You don't yeah. have to change the mechanism. You don't have to change the product, mm. but the big idea gives you a different way to get the marketplace's attention and then ultimately lead them to talk about your unique mechanism and your and your product. And so yeah. you've got in an infinite number of ways to enter the conversation going on in your market's mind, right? To leverage what it is that's top of mind for them, what's most important, and then lead them to talk about 
about your product or service. When that idea is no longer a big idea, whether it takes six months, 10 months, 12 months, or three weeks, or whatever it is, right, because yeah. every market is different, well, then you've got the ability to come up with a new idea to talk about the same the same product, right? There's an infinite number of ways to talk yeah. about and, you know, to talk about uh, a, a product or service or wow. a mechanism. Yeah, I love it, Tom. Thank you so that much. Was, yeah, that was like a, a golden nugget right there for everybody. Not, not just a nugget, like a full mountain. You just like <laughs> fell over. But um, yeah, so I want to transition a little bit because um, I was listening to your podcast last night, and on your last episode, you talk about the front end and the back end and how we should approach, right? Uh, we obviously deal with a lot of organic, but also paid is very important. It's that fuel that goes in. And I know that you're big on it. And and you have a unique way to approach like that type of investment, right? Uh, and and so I, I want you to kind of explain to the audience, like what's your take on paid ads? And you know, if, if I'm paying 50 bucks to acquire a $50, you know, uh, customer, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Yeah, man, I love this question. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Num number one, right? Every the biggest, the biggest direct response driven companies all rely heavily on media buying, on paid traffic. Mm -hmm. When I first came into business, I thought the objective was to spend the least amount of money as possible on marketing, right? I thought marketing is an expense or advertising mm -hmm. is an expense, and so I'm gonna try to spend the least amount of money that I possibly can to build my business. Not realizing that that is the complete antithesis, it's the complete opposite of, of the way the biggest, fastest growing direct response companies uh, mm -hmm. are growing and have grown and, uh, and so on. The single most scalable way to acquire customers is through paid traffic. Right. When you can pay for the acquisition of a customer, sky's the limit. Right. So when you can go out into the market and pay for the acquisition of a buyer, uh, yeah. you've got this leverage because then you can just go out and do it over and over and over. And the opportunity for you to buy media, for you to buy traffic is gargantuan. It's bigger today than it's ever been. And it'll only continue to get bigger as more and more platforms traffic and, and so on. The thing to really understand at the root of your question is this. Number one is that we are in the business of in investing into the acquisition of assets. We're investors as entrepreneurs. We are investing in the acquisition of assets. Mm. Those assets are customers. Those assets have a value today, right? That what, what is it that they spend with us when they become a customer, yeah. right? What we typically refer to as average order value in this world, average order value. Average order value is the average amount of money that a customer spends with you when they go through your entire marketing campaign, right? That's day zero. When you turn a prospect into a buyer, right? There is an average amount of money that's average order value. But then there's also a future value of that asset, that customer, what yeah. we call lifetime value, lifetime customer value. And that lifetime customer value is the amount of money that the average customer spends with you over the life of their patronage with your company or your brand. Um, and so we, we know over time as your company matures, you'll know your metrics. Like the biggest, fastest growing direct response companies, they have – They track everything, they track all their marketing, and they know their metrics. So they know their average order value and they know their lifetime customer value. So when you know what a customer is worth today, let's just call it for argument's sake, $100. Mm. The average customer spends $100 with you when they go through your campaign. Some spend less, some spend more, but it's an average in direct response. We use averages of $100. Yeah. And then let's say we know that those people go on 
to, on average, over the first year, spend an additional 500. So a total of 600, right? 100 on day zero and another yeah. 500 throughout the course of the year. Well, when we take a perspective, the perspective of being an investor, and we look at that and we say, well, that's an asset. There's a value today of $100, and then there's a future value of another 500. Mm. So based on that, what is it that I'm willing to spend to acquire a customer? What is it that I'm willing to spend to acquire a customer? And you have to understand that the business that is able and willing to spend more will be able to acquire more customers, right? The business yeah. that is able to spend the most to acquire a customer, all else being equal, is going to win. If you can only spend $50 to acquire a customer and I can spend $200, you are done. You're done <laughs> because over. what I can yeah. – yeah, it's game over because what I can do mm. – Right, is far more than what you can do. I can send people to their house. I send them gifts. I can do all <laughs> kinds of crazy things, right? Where yeah. you can't. And so I'm going to yeah. have the ability to acquire customers that you're that you're not going to have. Mm -hmm. So knowing, right, knowing that we're investors, we're investing in the acquisition of assets. Those assets are customers. In this example, customers have a hundred dollar value to us today, and then another five hundred over the course of the year. How much are we willing to spend? Well, if I said to you, right, and I do this everywhere I speak, whether it's a podcast or live events. I always say, okay, in that example, would you give me 50 bucks to, to acquire a customer? Would you spend 50 bucks to acquire a customer? Of course you would, because you spend 50, that customer yeah. spends 100 with you today. Now you're positive, you're up $50, right? And then they go on to spend another 500 with you, of course. Okay, but would you spend 100 bucks today to get that customer? Well, why wouldn't you spend 100 bucks today? Yeah. You spend 100 bucks, they pay you back, you know, you get 100 bucks yeah. back, Right. And now they go on to spend another 500 bucks with you. In that example, you spent $500 or invested, uh, excuse me, invested $100 yeah. to get a customer that gives you $100. You are at break even. You've just acquired an asset, a customer for free that then goes on to spend another 500 bucks with you. Why wouldn't mm. you do that? At, right. That's break even. The yeah. next level, though, is, well, would you spend 150 bucks today? Mm. Yeah. To get a customer that spends a hundred with you today, meaning now, right, you've you've gone out of your pocket fifty dollars to get a new customer, but that customer goes on to spend another five hundred bucks with you over the year, right? If you know your metrics mm -hmm. and you've got the cash flow to float, you have a mature business. Well, then, sure. Tons and tons of tremendous companies, fast growing companies do that. When you think like an investor and you realize that your, your customers are assets that have a value today and a future value, it should radically impact what you're willing to spend to acquire that asset. Yeah, incredible. And you know, I, I, I wow. wanna take this. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly that. Wow, that that was me walking the dogs last night listening to that one episode, am I in, yeah, insane, right? Because there's a lot of things that we talked with a lot of, you know, businesses that are, you know, on the front mm. end, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm losing money. Not really, if you sell a membership, a gym membership, right? This member is gonna stay at least six months with you. You yeah. could technically spend so much more money. And, yeah. and, I, and I wanna like take this as our action point because we've has so many like good nuggets like yeah. what you know just how to come up with that big idea that was action point we leave our audience uh, always with with these action points this i think is so much valuable like with the, with the paid and, and the change of view knowing your metrics and and acting as an investor i think is yeah is that an amazing of, that change of perspective, perspective. i love it yeah, yeah, and, yeah and we've been touching on perspective lately a lot which <laughs> yeah. is awesome so 
you know, talk, we, you know, we, we, we talk about this on the show, obviously, you know, content is related and, and you see content in a very unique way as far as like the big idea, the, the, the paid traffic, right. And, and we want to help our audience, you know, encourage them to show them like the, this is the right path. You know, either there's publishing is either investing $1 to, to move their audience up and see what are, what are the new messages and how can I test them out? So we want to ask you this question, like, like, like where will you be right now if you do not publish? I don't even know, man. I really don't. I, God only knows. I, I don't. I don't even know. I mean, I have very little skills, honestly. This is no joke, man. Right? <laughs> like, I, I was first of all, I was a terrible student in high school. It took me six years to get a four-year college degree. Um, I I can do very little. I, I don't. I have no idea. Uh, to be honest with you, it'd be a cluster. I I, I, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, it'd be a disaster. Who knows? Well, and thank so, you. For, yeah, I, I hope this serves as a motivation to yeah. everybody because obviously, you yeah, know. I, that's no joke, man. Like, the, there are a lot of people that you know, like you know, there are a lot of people that invent all kinds of crazy stories for their marketing. I like no joke. I almost didn't graduate high school. I did not bring a book home. My aim in high school was never to bring a book home. I just did not want to carry a book home. Um, and you know, and then I ended up, I, 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 I couldn't get accepted to any college. So I had to go to community college for two years. And then I was able to transfer, uh, to a four year college. And then it, again, it took me six years. And, and the point, the point is like what we started off together talking about, like, this is a learned skill. Mm. You can learn it. I didn't learn it in college. I didn't go to college for marketing or business or entrepreneur, none of that. And so you've got to be willing to learn and act, learn yeah. and take an act, act, take action on what it is that the value of learning is only extracted in the action, in the implementation. And you can't be afraid mm. to fail, whatever that means. You can't be afraid to do something wrong. You certainly can't be afraid of, you know, what people think, right? Like that is yeah. one of those things, man, I, I wish I could go back way back to, you know, 20 years ago and, and tell myself like, who cares, man? what these people think at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. Live for your dream, man. Like go for implement sh share. That's how you're going to grow. I look back at some of the original info information products. I did some of the original marketing I did years ago. It's a, a horror show, a <laughs> horror show. In it's a cluster, man. Like, and remember I'm going back like almost 20 years. So I've got yeah. stuff offline. Like <laughs> I've got skets and cassette tapes and oh my God, cluster. But you know what? That's how you grow. Yes. That's how you learn. That's how you evolve. That's how you get better. You don't get better at golf by watching videos and listening to golf instruction. You do it by getting out there and being willing to say, you know what? If others have done it, I can do it if I stay at it long enough and take action. Uh, thank you so much. That thank was so incredible. Uh, we really appreciate you and your time. Yeah. It, it was an amazing. We're going to have to go back and rewatch this thing like three times oh, because yeah. we normally take these notes here, but I was like, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy the moment and I'm going to, you know, capture as much as I can because this was an amazing opportunity. So thank you, Todd, so much. Uh, yeah, Fonzie, you have any I'm, last thoughts here? Honestly, I'm like beyond words and, and so grateful for you taking your time to be here. I really appreciate it. And honestly, Everybody that's watching and listening, uh, this was a real treat. On so go yeah. back. Let me can listen I say, to it can again. I say one thing. I want to say one. I want to say two things actually. Yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna jump and let you guys wrap up. Oh no! Worries. And so first thing is this: there's so much in this space. There's so much. Um, you know, this person's a guru and this person's an expert and right and and um and man, that's nonsense. 
It really is. Like, at the end of the day, like, you know what? There are, like, you guys can go on to be tremendous and, like, and, and incredible. And don't look at, you know, the only difference between me and you is that I've just done this for so long. Right. Ninety nine percent of the gurus that I gurus that I know that I'm friends with that today are normal, like misfits and goofballs. And right. Like off camera, I'm a knucklehead. My wife's yelling at me. My kids are like, what are you doing, dad? Like and the point is um, the point is just recognize that uh, like don't buy into, you know, this image of like. Be you mm-hmm. and be the best you that you possibly can be and know that that is don't, you know, don't get caught up in this whole uh, this whole guru thing. The yeah. second thing that I was going to say is this and I mean it. You'll you know, if you if you haven't gotten this from me already, uh, know this. I don't say anything that I don't mean. I'm not here to pander to anybody, to the marketplace, to yeah. podcast, to none of that. Right. I'm going to say this. I think you guys are going to be big. I think you're the way you've hosted this podcast, man. This is I think you guys are going to be big. I Thank really you. do. I think you guys Thank are going to be awesome. And I think if you just keep at it, um, man, I, I'm going to come back on here one day and I'm going to be like, remember when little me came on your show at the beginning and now you haven't forgotten the little guy. And so keep it up. You guys are doing amazing. I can't wait to see what the future holds. Oh, for. thank you, man. Thank you, Todd. I, we'll def- the world. Yeah, we're going to definitely visit you so you know where your your classes and your masterminds your mastermind and everything is like right there in the target. So uh, we're definitely going to come visit. And thank you so much for those amazing words. And yeah. guys, like he might have said it to us because he's looking at us, but also to the audience. Like if you're sitting on that spot that if you're struggling to, to start to publish, this is what we did and and look I mean even like 60 days Todd has been doing it for 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 20 years or so yeah. but it's incredible right it's consistency and frequency stay there test your yeah. message come up with that big idea and keep on going so with that being said Todd where can we find you where can the audience connect with you Um so if you're interested in the book which is just a few bucks you can go to bigmarketingideabook.com uh, you can also check me out on Instagram. I think it's Instagram, uh, <laughs> slash Todd Brown, Instagram.com slash T O D D B R O W N. Um, those are the best spots. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's how fun cool. it, you know, go, go to yeah, all of you. I, that's how I got a hold of you. Then I got a hold of the book and I haven't looked back since. Yep. <laughs> Awesome, guys. Well, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Hit smash that subscribe button and we'll see you. We'll connect with us also on social media at Base Roscoe. That's right, guys. And if you found this episode impactful, please don't forget to share it with others. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. See ya. See ya.